Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The Chicago Bulls suffered yet another loss, this time to the OKC Thunder without Zach Levine. We're going to talk a little bit about that. First, we're going to talk about what's going on with Zach Levine and comments about Zach from a former GM in Scott Perry. And we're going to talk about which Bulls players are set to benefit the most in the, ca- in the case of Zach Levine being traded from the increased opportunities, specifically offensively. We're going to do all that, plus dive into the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every single social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So the Bulls got their ass kicked. Uh, yet again, to just be quite frank, by the uh, OKC Thunder. And they couldn't do anything with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. It didn't matter what they threw, what defender they threw, who they put on, and what scheme, trying to run anything. At the end of the day, um, they just couldn't do anything with Shea. And, you know, yeah, there were some referees, some officiating things, but the Bulls were technically in this game again, right? And that's something that we continually see from the Chicago Bulls team. It's just a team that can be in games but just can't win them, right? And so another slow start dooms the Chicago Bulls again, and that continually is the story. This team will show heart in the other quarters of the game, but for some reason, for some reason, they just always get off the slow starts, only scoring 14 points and shooting 17% overall from the field in the first quarter of this game. That's not going to be enough to win it. And in the first half, it was really Kobe White and Io DeSumo that really helped keep the team anywhere close to being in this game. Now, we end up playing much better in in the second half, specifically the third quarter, where we outscored them 38-34. to We also shoot the ball over 54% um, overall from the field in the third quarter. But this Bulls team just continually, the deficits that they get themselves out to early, it they just have to expound so much energy just to get back to the point of even tying the game that they usually don't have enough, um, especially when they don't execute defensively. And Shea was on fire, right? They fouled him in, in the late part of the game, was able to get his 40 points. But outside of that, Isaiah Joe scores 20 points. And Isaiah Joe guarding at times Patrick Williams in this game and Pat not being strong enough or aware enough enough to to to, to use his strength against it. He outweighs Isaiah Joe by 40 pounds. Him and Nikola Vucevic, Patrick Williams and Nikola Vucevic in this game did not attack their mismatches in a way that I felt like they were even in the game or paying attention to the game. And, you know, it's just another struggle. A sub-40% overall shooting game for the Chicago Bulls, 38 points. Kobe White, DeMar DeRozan, the only over-20-point uh, scorers in this game. Kobe White, eight, 18 of 17. DeMar DeRozan goes seven, uh, 6 of 17 for 25 points. But outside of that, man, it just was a struggle. We had Isaiah Joe outscored the whole entire Chicago Bulls bench that only scored 16 points by scoring his 20. And then you had Williams in there who also scored 13. This Bulls team just ain't it. And Zach Levine was out of this game. For anyone who's blaming every single thing on Zach, listen, it's, it's, it's a team thing. The, the culture, the whatever, the mindset around this team, when it comes down to it, it isn't good at all. And so when you have 
a lack of effort, a lack of moving without the ball. Um, you know, the no off-ball movement actions for the Chicago Bulls is going to be something that always just deters the team and keeps them from being able to win basketball games at a high level, especially against well-coached teams like the OKC Thunder. So the Bulls now, they fall to 5-11 and 11 on the season, still got 66 games left this season, but when it comes down to it, this team just, it doesn't have the energy, it doesn't have the execution, they don't look like they want to be out there playing sometimes. The complete energy around this team is in the goddamn toilet. And, you know, we'll see if the Bulls can end up coming out of it, but, you know, I'm not overly hopeful with it. But, hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'd love to be wrong with it. I'd love nothing more than to see Zach, to see the Chicago Bulls overall play much better at the on the back half of the season than what they've started this first fourth of the season off at because I tell you what, the team keeps playing like this. It, it We're, we're going to be in for much less than a 20-win season. This is about to be ugly, right? And, yes, the Zach, pending Zach Levine trade will, will change some things, but overall in this game, I just didn't like the execution, didn't like the energy, didn't like the lack of, of taking care of mismatches. And then you got Kobe White, who was absolutely cooking, cooking in the first half of this game. Like I said, it was it really came down to Io DeSumo and Kobe White cooking in the first half of this game to keep the Bulls in this game. But then when you look at the second half, Yes, DeMar DeRozan started getting going. Uh, DeMar DeRozan in the second half of this game goes 5 of 9 for 21 points. But Kobe White gets four shots in the second half of this game. Four shots when he was the one leading you in scoring in the, in the first half of the game. He went 6 of 13 in the first half for 18 points. In the second half of the game, he went 2 for 4 for five more points. But listen, it, it should have been a lot more. Like, Kobe White should have been a bigger part of the game plan going down the stretch for this team. And once again, Billy Donovan just shows and proves he does not understand how to ride the hot hand. Much like Matt Eberflus, he's tone deaf. Now, a lot of people have also seen that Zach Levine did miss this game by now, and that has led some questions to some Bulls fans asking, well, is a trade imminent? Is this anything? Are they going to hold him out the rest of the game? It's right foot soreness. I don't really think much of it. I think he'll be back when he's back. It's a long road trip, uh, something like that. He may have, you know, and he even went to, like, shoot around, things like that. May tweaked it there. It is what it is. Now, I don't think this is tied to anything with the trade. I know there's going to be some conspiracy theories with that. I don't believe there's anything because the Bulls aren't going to trade Zach Levine until December 15th. So uh, sending him out now really wouldn't make sense. Maybe close when you get closer to that date. Um, but with the Zach Levine being the topic, uh, former Knicks GM Scott Perry actually had this to say about Zach Levine. No question that Zach Levine can score the basketball. He has proven that his nine years in the NBA. I know this is his 10th season. Um, he's shot the ball well. He's a career 38% uh, three-point shooter, explosive athlete. He has proven that he can score the basketball. Next thing that I look at, then, does he impact winning? Zach Levine has been to one playoff series in nine years. So he's played a total of four basketball games, four playoff basketball games. So now I say to myself, I'm looking at paying 40 this year, 43, 46 and $49 million in subsequent years for a guy who, uh, um, to this point, has not impacted winning to the level that his money says he should impact. So there's not a real match there, in my opinion. Now, as I look at the teams, and you bring up a good point, Mo, when you start talking about him as a third option, which I think is the best fit. And so while a lot of Bulls fans, a lot of Zach Levine's Critics have always said, hey, Zach Levine is not a number one on the championship team. And I don't really think anybody really fought that anymore. I think we all realize that, yes, Zach Levine at best is a number two. Now, Scott Perry here says number three, saying that he only played in four important games in his career, really kind of obliterating Zach Levine. And here's what I'll say. Is the money the deterrent for Zach Levine? 
again, I think even with Scott Perry's comments, you're kind of taken away from where the NBA is going money-wise. And I think, yeah, you're paying Zach Levine 40, 43 million, 49 million towards in this contract. But I think as the salaries keep increasing with Zach Levine, it's going to not look as much as big as like what it seems like now. You got to talk about things in percentage of the cap. And Zach Levine is signed for less than 20% of the cap. Uh, so, you know, that that's a thing too. But I do think that, you know, looking at, at Zach Levine and where he is, I think he needs to realize that he's not going to be a number one. And if he still has those thoughts and ideas, you're not. And I think Zach Levine, we all know Zach Levine would thrive in a place or, or theoretically in a place where he isn't the number one, the place where he can focus more on the things that he does well and it doesn't make or break necessarily how successful the team's going to be. Um, so it come, when it comes down to it, I understand Scott Perry's comments. I think they're a little harsh, uh, so to say. And to act like Zach Levine doesn't have any value around the league, I think it's off. But, you know, I, you're going to get a lot of the takes on Zach Levine now. and You're going to get a lot of the things, especially with teams maybe trying to, you know, I'm not, Scott Perry doesn't work for a team anymore, but uh, you're going to try to not, not have to pay a certain value for Zach Levine, which they're well in their rights to do, considering, again, how Zach Levine's been playing this season. But with Zach Levine, uh, you know, not being in this game, it made me think, which Chicago Bulls players could potentially benefit the most once Zach Levine is gone? Now, again, this depends on what we're going to get back in the trade market, things like that, uh, because if you get back another ball-dominant player, this then most of this goes away. But seeing the way that Kobe White scored, especially in the first half of the game, how he was more fluid, how the confidence built, quarter after quarter, it made me start thinking like what other players potentially could benefit offensively from Zach Levine not being on the team or when he is eventually traded. And so I look at it and I say Patrick, I mean, uh, Kobe White for sure, right? I think Kobe White being able to be more of that scoring guard out on the wing, because keep in mind, even when Kobe did start, he's always been here with Zach. Zach has been here since the, the start. And I think that Kobe, we've realized, and I've said this for a while now, he's a scorer, not a shooter. And so playing with Zach Levine and then now even furthermore with DeMar DeRozan, it, it, it makes him be have to be more of a shooter at times, not as, you know, with the ball in his hands as much as he's kind of more comfortable with. And I think that Kobe White is one for sure, depending on what we get back for Zach Levine, that you're going to see him, his offensive game, maybe even round out a little bit more as he's able to kind of flourish and more and do those things. And so that's something that I'm definitely looking at with that. I think, um, I, I think that Kobe White's going to be one of the ones that benefit the most from it. I would like to say Patrick Williams, but again, we've seen Pat without it. Now, one thing you could say is that you're now forced to probably put the ball in Patrick Williams' hands a little bit more. They didn't really do it a lot last night, even with him being in the starting lineup. Understand why, but maybe Patrick Williams. But I'm going to go to a surprising one, right? And Io DeSumo is a player that I think, yes, was kind of miscast as being a point guard, right? And I think that we're seeing now, even with his role coming off the bench, that he's more comfortable, yes, having the ball in his hands too, but being able to do some off-ball things kind of being able to kind of dictate pace, being a change of pace guard rather than, uh, you know, what he came in and had to try to set up offense. I think Ayodosumu's offensive game could round out pretty nicely with the added shot attempts that could come to him via Zach Levine not being on the team. And then Julian Phillips. I, I, with the way that Julian Phillips is cooking down in the G League, I'm not saying that necessarily this season right away he's going to come up and, be, and give an opportunity on, on the main roster. But the thing with Julian Phillips that stands out to me that we didn't see with Dalen Terry, that we didn't even see with Marco Simonovic. Julian Phillips has gone down to the G League, and what that level of competition has shown, he's a head and shoulders above that level of competition. And could that get him some minutes, depending on, again, what you get back for Zach Levine? You could be looking for some minutes out there on the wing. Patrick Williams not necessarily performing the best either. Maybe you could start seeing a little bit of Julian Phillips gets maybe a little bit more consistent rotational minutes. So that's kind of my thought process. Let me know on some players that you think 
could benefit from, you know, once Zach Levine is traded. Again, not necessarily calling for Zach Levine to be traded, but we all kind of see that that's the route that these things are going. But anyway, with it being Thanksgiving and the mailbag being full because of the sh- sh- the situation that the Chicago Bulls find themselves in, uh, you guys have been going off in the voicemail. We've got a lot of voicemails, so we're going to play five today. Uh, impromptu voicemail bag. We're going to the first one. This one's from the 757. Hey, what's going on, uh, Hayes? Uh, I'm a big fan. I just started uh, watching your stuff, like, well, I want to say like two months ago, maybe. But um, we'll go ahead and just get started. Uh, as a Bulls fan, uh, a diehard Bulls fan at that, uh, I was coming into this season with high hopes, and I was thinking that the Bulls could, you know, make a run, uh, maybe, you know, pass the second round. And, you know, give the the third round, you know, the third round team in the playoffs, you know, a run for their money uh, because of the, you know, the hard work they put in the off season as far as looking on YouTube and seeing, you know, them going to uh, DeMar's workout camps and stuff like that. But, you know, it's unfortunate that we have to start off the way we did. Um, I am not completely out on the Bulls yet. But I am completely out on Zach Levine and his terrible attitudes towards this situation he's going through. I don't. I feel as if this is not a way you should handle this situation whatsoever. Um, so I want him to leave Chicago. Uh, I pray that he, you know, lands in a team that he can fully develop into a Hall of Fame player, and even that's a stretch. But you know, I'm saying, um, I, I, I mean, I, I, I appreciate if Zach would stay and develop. Here as our franchise player, like he, like we signed. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C that that type of money for him to be but you know it is what it is um but i just want to get your take uh your take on what's your definition of a rebuild um most people will view it as you know see our veteran players like javon carter tory craig uh i guess maybe andre drummond um damar vooch and zach 
to send them off all on, you know, a different team and see them on their own ways and just give our young minutes some play pause. Um, is that your definition of a rebuild or is it, you know, maybe get rid of, you know, some pieces for, you know, you know, like to sign like a Tyler Hero type of player, uh, Duncan Robinson, um, who else? Maybe like, like a RJ Barrett type of player. Um, yeah, I just want to get your take on it. I uh, appreciate if you do look at this. Uh, what's up, Bulls fans? And be red, and I love y'all. Over the Zach Levine drama, I think we're all over the Zach Levine drama and just ready to get to a point to where it's settled and done with and we know what this team's going to be going forward. Now, as far as my definition of a rebuild, my defin- personal definition of a rebuild is when you basically are, are, are basically replacing most of your top-level players now and you're, and you're, you're built, trying to build the, back, the team back up to where they were more than that over time, right? It's a long-term play, right? I can look at a retooling. As, as a trade, yes, you may trade one or two of your valuable pieces, but what you get back in those trades, you're trying to immediately go right back out and compete. Rebuild takes time. That's the way that I look at it. Re- to me, when you go into a rebuild, you're going into something that you're saying, hey, it's going to be a while, maybe two, maybe three years before we're really, really competitive, but we're building this slowly over time. We're developing, right? That's kind of my thought of a rebuild. A retool is when you're still trying to compete after making some big moves, but you're still trying to to compete, make the playoffs or whatever else it is, Cont- not contend, compete, not contend. Um, so that's how I look at a difference between a rebuild and a retool, so to say. You guys can let me know your thoughts down below. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Justin from Bloody Horns Podcast, which you guys should be checking out. Hey, what's up, Hayes? This is Justin over at the Bloody Horns Podcast. Uh, I'm just wondering if you think part of Zach Levine's trade request might be that he's sick of being the bat or the uh, DeMar DeRozan's Batman. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say there's no team out there that's going to make Zach Levine the number one option. 100% agree with that. I just wonder if he looks at a guy like Marta Rosen, says I shouldn't be the number two to him, and he looks over at some other places like the San Antonio Spurs have been mentioned. He looks, he could say, I could be number two to one Benyama, or I could be, I could be number two if I go to the Kings to, uh, to De'Aaron Fox or DeMontis Sabonis. You know, I could be number two to Jimmy Butler if I go to the Heat. So I just wonder if that's part of his problem is he looks at DeMar DeRozan, and he says, I shouldn't be number two to this guy. Let me know what you think. Thanks, man. Is Zach Levine's request in part not wanting to be number two to DeMar? Here's what I'll say on that. My first mind when, when I heard this voicemail was to say no, right, is because Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan have always averaged around the same amount of shots. The only year that DeMar DeRozan averaged more shots in the offense uh, was the first year they came together, and that was because Zach Levine was injured towards the end of that season. When he, Zach Levine was fully healthy, they were 1A, 1B, right? But I do think that maybe some of it is looked at as saying not necessarily just the number of shots, but to say, hey, I'm looking at this guy in DeMar DeRozan. This guy's about to be 34 years old. I'm supposed to be in my prime, right? Where's my time? Where's my opportunity? Now, my, my fight back against that would say, well, Zach has to earn and show that he's ready for those moments in those um, to take those shots in those big moments. And he's kind of failed when put in those situations. That's why DeMar DeRozan was brought here. But I do think that it could, you could be on to something, that it could be a part of this that is saying, hey, I don't want to keep being second or even 1A, 1B to somebody of DeMar's level. Yeah, I could be one, I could be a number two to Wimby. I could be a number two to LeBron and AD or a, a number three there. I can be a number two playing with De'Aaron Fox, right? Those type of things, maybe. Um, And so I, I actually... When it's said and done, I mean, I guess I, and I've always said this, I can understand both sides in this, the franchises and Zach Levine's and, and why they're ready to move on. And so I don't, I definitely think that that could be 
part of the reason, Justin. I absolutely do think that. All right, let's get into this next one. This one's from Duke Bradford. Hey, what's up, Hayes? <clears throat> this is Duke Bradford out of Indiana. Long-time listener. Uh, I want to speak on the Black Levine situation and the chemistry issue. I believe that, like I said a year ago, that the problem started after Lonzo got hurt and uh, DeMar went on that run of hitting those game winners and the younger guys loved him and embraced him as the number one guy in the organization, embraced Lamar, uh, DeMar as the number one guy, and so did Billy. And that's when Zach and Billy start having problems, and I believe that split the team because the teammates started picking sides. And now it's just to the point where Zach just got unbearable. His defense was lacking all the time. And now everybody is just tuning him out. Nobody's came to his rescue. Nobody on the team has spoke out positively about him. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about that? All right. Are players tuning out Zach Levine is how you ended that on the question. And here's what I'll say. I can't say that I feel like I've seen that per se, but maybe, and I've said this on, uh, I think, an episode or so ago, maybe the players are at the point where they're trying to separate themselves from the drama, right? From just the, hey, we have to get ready. Zach's probably out of here. They'll probably have they'll have their, their thumb on that pulse more than we would as fans. And maybe they're just at this point trying to separate themselves and getting ready for Zach with uh, life without Zach Levine. So maybe that's what it is. Um, and I can't say that Zach's ever been the boisterous leader on the court where I think his like people have ever really tuned in because I don't think he really says much like that. He's more of a leader through, hey, I just scored 15 points in a quarter. I need somebody to step up with me. So I, 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 I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying I haven't seen it, but I can understand if that's the case, right? You guys can let me know what you guys think down below. All right, let's get into this last, uh, this next one. This yeah, one is uh, from Gregor. I think this Bulls team is an indictment on the general manager, AK, and everything. This team is constantly undersized. Every night, it's unfair to have these 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six players trying to guard these 6'10", 6'11", 7-footers. And AK is the guy, he had a chance to have Laurie Markkinen, Bobby Portis, and Daniel Gafford with Vucevic. But he traded and let these guys get away in free agency. I don't understand it. You know, it's indictable. This guy should, I don't know, I don't understand how he gets to keep his job. The, the owner's not looking at what this guy's doing as a, as a general manager. You know, the, the thing in Denver, he got lucky. Uh, everybody get lucky when they get a player, a, fr- uh, 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 a franchise player like Nochich. Uh, but this guy is indictable. He uh, it's not working. He, I don't think he uh, is capable of making his team. He's getting a chance to make another rebuild, and I don't think he deserves that. And Billy Donovan, he got all the answers after the game. When he sits in his post-game interviews, he got all the answers of what went wrong, whether he can't make an adjustment, he can't he can't um, develop these players. It's, it's an indictment that Patrick Williams is he should be a G League player, and that's my opinion. And um, Thanks for giving me the opportunity to speak on it. Well, let me just correct you on one thing here. Uh, AK isn't the GM that traded uh, Bobby Porter, so uh, that was still Gar Foreman and John Paxson. But uh, I will say, yeah, I mean, I understand that what you're evaluating, right? Like, um, when it comes down to it, like the Chicago Bulls, or the, the AK has made deals that haven't worked. Now, I will say that you need to give him some credit in the fact that it wasn't just luck, right? Yes, he built the Denver Nuggets. He you know, stuck with a player like Jamal Murray when, when a lot of teams would have, you know, moved off from him and things like that with his injuries. And then also here, right, let's keep in mind, he did build a team that was working with Lonzo Ball. Now he has rebounded from that injury and Ball going down terribly, 
But to answer, go to the question that you asked, and it's actually a great question there, is has AK done enough to earn the chance to go through a rebuild with this team? And I'm really of two minds from it. And the re- reason why is that he came in with a vision, even though it was different than what he kind of sold us in his, when, he, when he initially came, he said they were going to build through the draft, build organically, develop things like that. He immediately went out, got veterans. I got a veteran in Vooch, turned around, got another veteran in DeMar Rosen, got Lonzo Ball, got Alex Caruso. And then we were trying to compete, not necessarily contend, right? And then when you look at it, so that team was working. And uh, there is something to be said of the way that that team was working. Yes, they wouldn't have stayed number one in the East, but had you been able to then spend the last two off seasons continuing that path, fixing the holes in that team, maybe we would look, view the team differently. But then at the same time, you also need to get judged by the fact that how you have you rebounded from your initial plan going down? And they have not called any type of reasonable audible that has made sense and put this team in a better position, even back to where they were. And that 35-game stretch has really held them in a, in a rough place. So here's what I'll say. In, in, in thinking about the both the positives and negatives, the lack of drafting by this team, I don't think this team is going to go full rebuild, but what I will say is that this front office does get the opportunity to now see, all right, this is the this is the problem that you cook, right? I had a, a, a episode a couple of days ago that said that we find ourselves in a storm that the front office created. And now how do you get us out the storm? Let's see what your plan is now to correct this. You now have something that's forcing you to go in that direction because of the Zach Levine trade a request. And now you have to, now let's see what you're going to do. Let's see how you rebuild to that. So they're probably going to get another three to five years. That will put them, put him around that usual decade of time that uh, a Bears president, uh, I'm sorry, Bears, a Bulls president usually gets anyway. And uh, I think this is going to be telling. And that's why I've said this team has to hit on the next three out of the next four drafts has to doesn't mean that it has to be superstar level players but they have to be players that we see that how they're progressing and how they're going to be a part of the Chicago Bulls future and so I think they get that opportunity but um yeah how this is going and the Zach Levine trade is going to be a big judge of how that's going to be and we're going to see if this team uh can can get us out of this storm that they've created but all right let's get into the next voicemail the last voicemail for today this one is from Joe the blacksmith Yo, Hayes, this is uh, this is Joe the Blacksmith. Uh, I just want to say you're doing a great job covering the team, man. Appreciate your content. But, uh, hey, man, I just want to bring up, like, what is the deal with this team being constructed to be kind of leaning towards small ball? Vooch isn't particularly large for center and has very little athleticism. And then you got Caruso, a power forward, uh, and we can't shoot. <laughs> How do you have a small ball team that does not shoot well? That's just that's great. I can't believe we're going on three years of this issue. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, man? I feel like it's something that's not brought up enough. It's like, it's just to ask backwards as it can possibly be. All right, man. Well, appreciate you. Thanks a lot. Bye. Uh, another one on size. Um, and I agree with you. Like, the size issue on this team, and I would say le- less than just size, it's the lack of rim protection, right? The lack of rim protection on this team, I think, is the thing that we kind of see and that stands out the most to us and that hurts us at times. He did go out and get drummy. He did bring in Tory Craig. But, yeah, we're still starting now. Alice Caruso at the four when Zach Levine's healthy. And I worry about what that's going to do to Alice Caruso's body and his health and things like that, too. When it comes down to it, I think that we're seeing a mixture between uh, the way that AK, the roster that he envisions, and then the way that Billy Donovan is going to use that that roster. And, um, you know, maybe having a more a kind of a traditional big that's kind of mobile and can shoot and can do some rim protection is, is in the future for the Chicago Bulls, hopefully, um, because it does seem that Billy Donovan and AK, to a degree, have a affinity for small ball and we'll see what that ends up bringing. We'll see what that ends up bringing, but all right, y'all thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode 
of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.